Welcome to day 11 of the Federal Election Campaign. It's Thursday, the 21st of April. My name is Cam Wilson and welcome to Crikey's Election Cast. Well, it was politics night of nights. That's right, the leaders debate. Two men vying to be Prime Minister going toe-to-toe, trading jabs and barbs. But how much do these debates really matter anymore? Are people actually watching them? Crikey's Tips and Murmurs editor Charlie Lewis certainly watched it, and he spoke to our news editor Georgia Wilkins about how it all played out. Oh, by the way, we record these live, so please excuse the audio quality at times. Over to you, Charlie and Georgia. Charlie, are you there? I am, Georgia. Thanks for having me. You're here. Fantastic. So, look, a lot of us probably wouldn't have um, been able to jump on last night and watch the debate. Can you take us through what what was the format like? Can you sort of set the scene for us about what it was like? Yeah, so this was the... um... The first debate, the first leaders' debate of the of the current election, uh, it was kind of co-held by the Courier Mail and Sky News. So it was broadcast on Sky News and also via the Courier Mail website. It was held in front of about a hundred um, undecided voters uh, in Brisbane. Uh, it was held at the Gabba, which seems like a, a sort of waste of the Gabba. You could have you could have put it in a you know well turned out Qantas lounge if you wanted to, but um, but regardless, that's that's how they went ahead. And uh, yeah, I suppose the the kind of by by that format, yeah, as you sort of alluded to, it sort of automatically limited the viewership a little bit because uh, people couldn't um, happen upon it, it accidentally on free-to-air television like you could in previous years. You had to either be a, a, a Sky News subscriber, a Korean Mail subscriber, or go on, say, news.com.au, where they were also um, broadcasting it for free. So, so no one could really accidentally happen upon this. You had to be pretty much uh, invested already, I suppose. So you had to be a pundit like yourself. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the thing, isn't it? it? It sort of does seem to have gone from being something that used to attract, you know, millions of viewers to something that, that, that cranks like you and I <laughs> time to, to, to watch. So tell me how the leaders approached last night's debate. Like what sort of influence did the current state of the campaign have? Well, it's interesting. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes reality does just force you to talk a little bit in, in cliches, but it really was you know, it was a debate where no one drew any blood. It was a very small target, uh, kind of quite sedate in, in many ways, um, debate between the two of them. And again, I think the format really um, sort of lent into that. There was no real, because they knew it was only going to go out to a small audience, the biggest engagement that they could sort of hope to get out of the whole thing was to uh, make a huge mistake and have that kind of get strewn across the papers the next day. Uh, so there was no real incentive for either of them to take any big swings. Uh, so this influenced both, uh, I guess, the kind of the tenor of the rhetoric. It wasn't it wasn't particularly soaring or or particularly yeah. ambitious. But it also it sort of it meant that there weren't that many um, sort of personal slights being sort of traded between the two. It was actually relatively relatively sedate and relatively polite. It's been a very very poor campaign so far from both parties. Um, obviously, gas from Anthony Albanese in the in the first week dominated coverage, but there was quite a few from Scott Morrison as well. Um, a lot of uh, sort of fairly baseless scare campaigns from both parties. Uh, the incredibly um, sort of vile and dispiriting cultural uh, kind of issues that we're seeing emanating from the Liberal Party's candidate in Warringah, um, Catherine Debs. Uh, I think there was. A real kind of, especially for Albanese, who was sort of on slightly shakier ground, perhaps the, the, the idea of the wobbly narrative around him and his campaign. There was there was not much uh, incentive to try anything too hard. You you just wanted to outboring one another. That is really quite a, a contrast since we've had such a sort of negative um, campaign so far. To have just sort of a, a kind of a, a tame debate seems yeah, quite strange. Uh, 
Absolutely, and it was it was I suppose in some ways a bit a bit of a relief to to, to just be a bit bored. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were the big takeaways from the debate in today's papers? Well, it's funny, yeah. I mean, I suppose that's the thing is that the the, the, the test of 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 how successful the, the leaders were in terms of keeping things low key and not particularly grabby is sort of to look at the the front pages of the papers today and see what they what they decided was newsworthy about that conversation. And it's it's actually kind of interesting watching it last night. You kind of could see a mile off what was going to get picked up, partly because it was, as I say, a bit of a bland, flavorless debate. You kind of saw the little errors that got made that would be blown up into the front page stories, and you also kind of could tell. Uh, who was going to run with what? So I could have I could have told you at, at five past eight. Albanese was cornered at one point about his own um, record on voting in favour of or against uh, boat turnbacks for um, asylum seekers arriving by boat. Uh, and I'm not sure how edifying we all find it that it's 2022 and people are still having this argument about who, who, who who's more full throatedly in favour of, of turning back boats. But anyway, his 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 record came up and 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 sort of Morrison tried to corner him on that, and he did stumble a little bit about where he what his voting record had been. You could sort of tell that that was going to be the the the, the front line of the um, the Australian and the uh, the Daily Telegraph, for example, both of which kind of ran quite heavily with that. Whereas uh, the kind of major gaffe from from Morrison's side was that um, there was a questioner who asked about the NDIS, prefaced that with the fact that she had an autistic son. Um, Morrison prefaced his answer by saying, well, Jenny and I are blessed to have children who haven't had to go through that, which, of course, uh, you know, raises some really horrible questions about what he thinks God thinks of parents who do have disabled children. And, and that kind of was uh, the major story that came out of his side of it. And that was particularly run in, on The Guardian and a little bit on the ABC as well. So basically, you could sort of predict what takes were going to be taken away before they sort of happened or when they happened. Would you, was it interesting to watch or was it kind of boring? Um, largely fairly dour and fa- fairly boring. I mean, the um, the other the other kind of major, I guess, if you could call it a flare up, relative to the night, the the kind of the mild swelling of 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 kind of rancor in the night was the discussion about China, where um, and 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 the issues in the Solomon Islands there, where uh, Scott Morrison kind of accused uh Labour of of taking China's side over Australia's uh in their criticisms of the government, which uh. Albanese re- re- replied was an outrageous slur. Um, that was the one that was sort of run with, with in the nine papers this morning. Um, but no, I mean, it was, I, I suppose the thing that was was sort of heartening was that the, the line of questioning. So what I should probably make clear is that it was almost, it was a, an audience of undecided voters and it was almost entirely decided. So the questions were almost entirely put forward by those by those uh, attendees. The moderator, Kieran Gilbert, um, put a few in, but it was mainly uh, members of the audience who uh, put the questions forward. And those questions were um, were not in keeping with the kind of slightly dispiriting campaign we've had so far. They were they were whatever you thought of them. They were questions about policy, which I think I did find uh, surprising and, and, and heartening. So no one asked what the definition of a woman is. <laughs> no, despite despite, uh, Peter despite Credlin, weeks of talking about it. Yeah, despite weeks of talking about it. And despite Peter Credlin's suggestion beforehand that that might be a question that someone wants to ask. Right, right. So, I mean, did you sort of feel when you were watching it, did anyone win or what What? What was the sense there? Yeah, it's, re- it's really interesting. I mean, the, the general consensus appears to be that Albanese shaded it, but but only just. The the attendees were asked to sort of rate who they thought was more impressive and uh, 40% said Albanese, 35% said Scott Morrison, uh, the remainder undecided. So not, you know, not a landslide, but but more or less shaded. And even the, um, you know, Andrew Bolt afterwards uh, awarded the, the win to, to Albanese too. It was it was it was 
I mean, I actually kind of find myself agreeing with David Crow's assessment in in, in the uh, Nine paper this morning that um that it was it felt like a nil all draw. But um, to the extent, I guess, to the extent that like one of the major criticisms that's been leveled at Albanese in particular uh, this this campaign is that there's not really been any narrative. There's been no joined up kind of thinking in terms of the campaign. And I think he went to some degree towards uh, putting that right uh, in a modest way. Nothing, nothing soaring, but uh, there was much more of a conscious effort, it felt, to link certain areas of, of labor policy to other areas of labor policy to give the impression that this is a joined up program. So when he was asked about, about aged care, he talked about getting more nurses into aged care, but also the working conditions that nurses face when they when they work in this area, and also the nutritional kind of components that that, that uh, residents and aged care uh, homes um, find themselves in. So it was a bit more of a kind of broad sweep. And also he talked a bit more about his own story. He's sort of trying to link it back to who he is and what he values. So when he was asked about housing affordability, for example, he, he sort of talked about his experiences with with a single mother in, in social housing and, and things like that. And Morrison didn't try any of that at all, really. He he was much more programmatic, much more, more. this is the program we've got in place, this is what's working, and this is what's going to continue to work. And he was much shorter and sharper with his answers. So it doesn't sound like anyone really took any sort of personal attacks, really. Not really. I mean, Albanese tried to get a few in, but they didn't really, again, it was a little bit low energy and it didn't seem to land very much. So when he was asked about battery storage, he tried to make a few swipes at, at uh, Morrison's, I think it's now on record as being kind of Morrison's lies about electric vehicles back in the last election campaign. And Morrison didn't even actually really feel the need to address it when it came to his turn to, to respond. Um, and there was it was interesting. It was sort of, again, it really summed up a little bit the energy of the, of the, of the whole night. Albanese kind of giving his his closing statement sort of rambled on a bit and was sort of being told by Kieran Gilbert, all right, we gotta we're gonna wrap things up. And so that kind of that kind of he sort of spoke over Albanese trying to say, and I'll take responsibility, you know, implicitly, unlike Scott Morrison, who will run a mile from any kind of responsibility. So there really wasn't much in the way of, of personal rancor between the two. I guess as you say, that's kind of refreshing after such a negative campaign, but it's it's just interesting to see that it went that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weeks of personal um, attacks. Um, so what did you think when you were watching it? Do you think leader debates sort of matter anymore? I mean, we, do they shift votes? I mean, as you said, this was on a um, pay TV. It was on Sky News. It was You couldn't really watch it um, easily. It wasn't on live to air, terrestrial TV. Um, you know, people in their lounge rooms were probably watching something else. Um, yes, yes. Do, do they still shift votes, do you think, these debates? Well, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, uh, you know, we've sort of got the, the, the official figures out that uh, I think 175,000 people tuned in, which is obviously way, way down on what you would have seen, uh, you know, in, 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 say, a decade ago when I think three, three million turned, tuned in to Julie Gillard and Tony Abbott's uh, first leadership debate in 2010. Uh, so it's a, it's a huge drop on the kind of influence that it used to have. Uh, and obviously, you know, there's a certain element that we don't know how many people streamed it. And, and I was actually kind of genuinely surprised that quite a few people tuned in to our, I did the live blog about the, the debate last night. We should probably mention that at the start. Um, and actually, we were, we were sort of pleasantly surprised to find that a lot of people, a lot of our readers were kind of interested enough to follow along with that. Um, so on, on that level, you have to say that obviously the, the kind of broad mass culture sweep of, of a leadership debate has diminished beyond recognition in, in, in recent years. That said, I mean, I, I do think, going back to what I said before about how I found it quite heartening that, you know, so many of the audience questions weren't, uh, you know, 
they weren't about scare campaigns. They weren't about, they weren't endorsing scare campaigns. They weren't asking, you know, gotcha questions about this individual figure or that one. And they certainly weren't asking any questions about, you know, whether trans women should be allowed to play sport. I mean, that was very heartening to me. And and I thought that the fact that they were, whether I agree with the premise of one question or another, it didn't really matter. It was, it was genuine questions about policy and vision. And I think that did actually sort of surprise me slightly insofar as I thought, well, there is some there is some life in the format yet, and there is still some usefulness that we can we can get from putting the two prime minister candidates in front of an audience of undecided voters. I think there's still something useful about that. Yes, we should say that you you did live blog the election last night, and that's still up. Um, we, you can read recaps of that last um, on our website if you go to crikey.com.au. And Charlie, just lastly, like what what were your sort of final takeaways? Like, what do you think? You know, was the sort of final takeaway from from watching the debate? Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I I suppose it's going to be very interesting to see if either of the the general through lines of Albanese and Morrison's pitches last night will actually start to take prominence. As I say, the first week, uh, week and a half, two weeks of the campaign have been such a messy, dispiriting affair. They've been they've been sort of dominated by these fringe issues um, or fringe candidates um, by you know very dubious scare campaigns on both sides and and, and lots of unforced errors. And we're always going to expect a certain amount of that in the coverage of um, of any election. Uh, but it will be very interesting if if any of the the quietly murmured ideas about about how to sort of best organize and run the country, whether that can actually take prominence in the next few weeks as the actual battle of ideas. I don't hold out a huge amount of hope, but I but I it could happen. It could happen. Anything's possible. We've got you know enough time for things to happen. Well, yeah. thank you. Thanks so much, Charlie. Uh, that was Charlie Lewis. Um, he's our Tips and Murmurs editor at Crikey. Um, thank you for joining us, Charlie, and um, helping us uh, understand the debate last night. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at the same time, but also keep an eye out for our afternoon edition. We're doing a PM edition of Crikey Daily during the election campaign. There's all sorts of good stuff in there. And we also have a current sale on subscriptions. It's a choose what you pay sale. Uh, there's election themed merch and you can get up to $110 off. So check that out. And if you'd like to listen up on any of our previous podcasts, you can find them uh, on most podcast platforms. So I'm Georgia Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Crikey's Election Cast and speak with you again tomorrow. Georgia Wilkins, Crikey's news editor, talking to our Tips and Murmurs editor, Charlie Lewis, for our Election Cast today. We'll be back tomorrow for the end of the week edition. And as always, we'd appreciate it if you could review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever podcast platform you use. And in the meantime, keep an eye out for our work at crikey.com.au. Bye.